It's not a competition, but then again, everything is. Like trying to have a conversation, and afterwards asking who wins. Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life. Might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal. You did it. You're here. We're doing it. We're here. It's time to be mildly confident about having our scores locked in and having prep ready and having a window of time to get this done in. Do you have a window of time to listen to this? Does this all work for you today? Are you going to bail after one review? Are you going to just save the podcast on your phone and mean well and then just accumulate more and more things and then have just too much to get to? Are you going to be me is the question I've come around to asking, basically. How are you all today, everyone? We welcome you to our appraisal pod, our appraisal hour. Christopher Anousis is here to tell us about um, 72 Seasons by Metallica, I've decided. That's what the show show is now about. I'm just really curious. Um, Did you enjoy? I didn't finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Good. Okay. (laughs) Off to a roiling start. We've got got content. It was on my homework. (laughs) Like, <laughs> it was on my homework playlist. Yes. Then, then you changed my homework. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I? Didn't yeah. I just? Well, to, to speak about things we actually have assigned to speak about, um, I was thinking, I don't know about you, Christopher, but last week when we set ourselves up with homework and pictures, I was thinking, this is going to be a funny one this week. We've got musical themed stuff, but it's almost like I was thinking this could be like quite a a short episode. I don't know how much we're going to have to say about some of these things. This is pre going and listening to the album and watching the movie. Now that I've done both, it's going to be a normal length podcast oh, you, episode. you did both. I did both. I, I, when I can, I try and do both. <laughs> Listen, I did both. Um, do you know what I didn't do? You didn't watch yesterday? No. Have you never watched yesterday? No. Oh, so this is going to be fun. This is a new thing. And so I have I no get... desire to watch it either. <laughs> well, let's see if my <laughs> review still does uh, anything to change that or to reinforce that. But I, that's actually going to be a really fun new angle for our podcast today, where I get to tell you about it and convince you either way, really. Do I think you should watch it? Do I think you shouldn't? And you're, with the knowledge you already possess, going to get your guesses in. Um, but before we do that, What's this podcast even about? But I don't want to dwell on this question, Christopher. I want to get a new listener in 30 seconds, all caught up mm-hmm. and ready to go. But the thing cool. is, yeah, it's, this is, the, as you said in our pre-show meeting, it's the side game in the game, Christopher. You've got 30 seconds, not only to tell this newbie what the show mm. is about, they've never heard of, um, this is a bit of a, like a yesterday what thing. What are you doing? <laughs> It's a bit of a yesterday thing. You know how yesterday the concept is there's no more Beatles songs. It vanishes oh, is that what it's about? History. That's what it's about. Shush <laughs> okay. your mouth. Um, no one's ever heard of podcasts. You've got 30 seconds to disc- figure out this person, what a podcast is, and then introduce our podcast, please. You've got 30 seconds for it. Three, two, one, and go. Okay, so basically a podcast is like a radio show you can download and listen to whenever you want. And our podcast is basically, um, I like to force Jeff 
to mm. watch stuff. He likes to force me to watch stuff or listen to stuff or read mm. stuff or mm. consume some sort of content. We uh, review it. We get each other's scores and hopefully somebody wins. And I have 10 seconds to spare. Wow. How do you feel about that? Uh, oddly proud. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to hear the alarm. That's the sweet, soothing sounds. Oh, that's the one. Get up. Stop being asleep and dreaming. And this, the older you get, stop enjoying that as the main... <laughs> portion of enjoyment mm. in your life your favorite thing you actually do is uh, not being woken by that alarm for just a few more minutes snooze snooze and snooze that was great i mean to be fair very good point podcasts are just radio programs to download and that is basically what our podcast is about too you almost did an, such an expert job it was 10 seconds per good on I you know. i feel like i should have given it a bit more pizzazz yeah i mean yeah okay let's we can we've had a long that. bank holiday weekend which we have blurred into a tuesday of work and then further drinking so <laughs> the adventures of Christopher's further drinking today. Yeah, I feel like on episode 250 of this show, we'll be reviewing my book about my addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I'm going to help us move swiftly along then because we've got some time before that episode. So we might as well just enjoy what we've got. Let's get to some reviews. Let's talk about, I mean, if you don't mind, Christopher. Oh, we don't mind first. I think I want to do mine first. I think oh, I w- please do. I've been waiting for this for, <laughs> for over a week, actually. Shall we? Okay. Well, well, and what's uh, great is you're going to have to tell me what it's all about, and I'm going to just believe you, because oh, I'm going to have no me. opinion either way. I'm going, so, to, I'm going to ask you so many questions. I'm, I'm going to start off my review by just, just um, reinforcing how much you've just been bantering it up this week about we're really enjoying the fact that this was not one I was especially looking forward to. Let's see your your scores later. But It was my payback. I, it was your payback for what exactly? Um, the One of the biggest selling artists of all time that you told me to listen to. <laughs> one of the, oh yeah, exactly, right? Okay, so it was um, payback for that. But last week, I think it was a Richard Curtis mention maybe. And then yeah, I even, mentioned Love Actually and then it right. popped into my head. This movie right. popped into my head. And, right, so... But to hone in on that, was it because, did, like, what even made you think, even though I don't want to watch this, this is an interesting thing to talk about and to get my guy to watch? Like, what, like... Because there, there is no world where you're going to, yeah. I don't know, the British Film Institute and watching a talk where the director comes out and does, like, a Q&A after this movie screens. There's no world where Jeff's going to that. that's that's funny i think there super is that world i think my yeah the thing that i had to do is um i really wanted to keep this review a bit more pure than usual because we're having such a a fun time laughing at how like i didn't want to watch this movie but um if there was a bfi talk if there's a dvd with extras and a dvd uh, a director's commentary like part of me is like sadly lapping this up they're like at the end of the day but but you wouldn't have done that if I hadn't told you to watch it, is my is my oh, point. Oh, I don't know. Okay, okay. Again, I think in 2019, I saw that, like, I was very close to, like, shall I just... I, I feel this sometimes when a marketing um, wave comes out. Shall I just jump in the wave? Shall I just do it? This is how... You know how you make fun of me for being a big Coldplay <laughs> grab, guy grab sometimes? Grab my surfboard. <laughs> yeah, I grab my, I grab my uh, consumer surfboard, and I'm like, shall I just jump on the wave and consume every bit of content and just be super up for it and, and cheesy and enthusiastic i'm like the 2023 equivalent would be i'm retweeting promoted tweets about the product um that sort of guy so like i've done it but sometimes um because what's the main other, character's name in, in this movie? film yeah jack malik jack malik you would oh, buy jack malik merch like oh man okay that. now okay see i i was trying to tell you that with a few extras 
I could have been a fan of this movie, but now that you're getting into the specifics and nitty gritty, I've got to back away. I've got to take a break. I've got to take a minute. <laughs> I would call this film a curio, right? Because I remember seeing the the advertising and being like, oh, this is kind of cute. This is kind of odd. At the end of the day, Richard Curtis is the uh, the cheese ball of cheese balls. But like, I've enjoyed a Richard Curtis film, a moment. Uh, I, I'm not sure why he's quite like the king and emperor of the British film industry, but like, I don't think he's awful. Like, there's a bit of, like, that British 90s weird charming that he seemed to give off to the world. And um, he's, like, a, a cool, if not um, incredibly genius representation of our culture. So that's fine. I'm cool with him. And then it's also Danny Boyle directing. And I might be mixing and matching timelines, but, like, he was almost going to do James Bond. And Danny Boyle's an odd one for me of, like, sometimes he's been, like, super innovative and amazing. And other times... He's just out here doing, like, the Olympics uh, film and, like, keeping it pretty, like, commercial standard. And then also it's The Beatles, and it's, like, some sort of high, very high-concept film, right? So I felt a lot of ways about it, and at the end of the day, I think what put me off at the time, 2019, when I was, I could have got my surfboard and just jumped in and been a big guy, is very lukewarm to middling to downright putrid reviews. Reviews, oh, really? noises, which I, yeah, which I try and... You know, stay away from and for my own opinion, blah, blah, blah. But in that case, it was really like, it felt like, yeah, this is going to make its money and, you know, it's it's fun for what it is, but like, not good. That's the messaging I got. Can confirm. <laughs> not <to> be... <laughs> and not, scores. <laughs> not to be too high. But yes, okay. So to, to, to explain to the listener in case um, you've been living under a rock, I am so jealous of this rock in you. Um, no, but it's fine. Everything's fine. It's not. You like watched that the bad. movie yesterday. Um, I did watch the movie yesterday, uh, and okay, it's about Jack Malik. Jack Malik is this young man. He is a budding songwriter. Um, a lot of my uh, issues with the film come down to this character, actually, played by Himesh Patel, and he's just a budding songwriter. And his manager and friend, played by Lily James, is like, "Please stick with it. Don't go back to teaching." He's like, oh, "I'm going to go back to teaching." There's a few quite comedic scenes of him playing very empty gigs, and then suddenly. Some very, very, very not explained power outage that they uh, <laughs> that they sort of global power outage that they sort of link back to the Y two K thing. Someone references that as a joke. Oh, do you remember Y two K? It was like that. Okay, and then they're done. To be fair, part of me part of me rates that they were like, let's not spend any fucking time on this. I thought he fell off a bike or something. He did. He did. He fell off a bike at the same because time of the as power the power. <laughs> you know what fuck it maybe maybe they did a better job than i'm remembering but i really was like they're not sticking and helping me with this plot thing and then um, i'm almost more interested now that the power outage caused yeah. him to fall off his bike oh mate when i when i get to how when i get to how they tie this thing up you're gonna be you're gonna be okay. very either sold or not but basically everyone should know at least this bit the whole world is um rid of beetles the beetles their history their legacy, their existence is somehow wiped from everyone's uh, brains or to put it better is somehow it never happened rather. It's not like everyone, yeah. this is the thing that took me a minute. It's not like everyone's got amnesia specifically for the Beatles. The Beatles just never happened somehow. How that, how the power outage did that, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking stay with me here. Okay. So that's a fun concept. The idea of um, someone as important as the Beatles, it's a bit like butterfly effect. It's a bit, how would history be different? Mm. Um, Beatles didn't exist, and now this songwriter finds out this amazing thing, like, oh, I've just got a few of my very mediocre songs, so let me just pick up the Beatles back catalogue, write it off as my own, and mm. ride into the sunset and ride on their coattails without anyone knowing, and just be become a huge megastar. 
which raises up a few interesting points. To me, chief among them is uh, in 2020, let's say, 2019, 2020, if you just like started doing the Beatles songs and the Beatles never existed, I don't think... The culture is so changed by them not existing, but I don't think now a song like, you know, I saw her standing there, which he plays at some point during his big Wembley gig, which starts mm. with the lyrics, um, she was just 17, you know what I mean. Just for an example... <laughs> and they, this is during a freaking melody um, a medley christopher so like why right. they just chose that one line like choose the problem that problematic line guys what's that about i'm not sure but that's just one example of how i don't think uh i don't think uh, it, okay there's a lot of like i don't think it fully makes sense for me all my uh, take on this film is to do with like oh but how are you gonna get on the bus like, you know those takes where it's like logical like you're not just going with the mm. film just go with it suspend your disbelief i'm sorry you have to nitpick this one. It's like picking at scabs. It's just too irresistible. Like um, the fact that he just does them completely out of order. The fact that he remembers every single Beatles song inside and out. They make a few jokes about how he remembers the lines mm. wrong, but he basically does the whole back catalog. Um, and listen, parts of it, I couldn't help it. And more than anything, fuck all the Beatles stuff. A Richard Curtis line here or there in a bit of a rom com way did get me and I laughed. Yeah. a few good side characters he always does a good side character he always does the like the, the love interest friend the manager woman christopher turns out to be the love interest i've loved mm -hmm. you half my life you've had half you've had um 20 years to make a move she says they've known each other since they were kids then he goes to her well i couldn't have exactly made a move at seven quite cute funny um stuff there yeah i know right exactly <laughs> if that's the best i can give you. i think there's this one scene i've seen okay this movie i think i got home late one night and i, I just put on the telly and it was on or something like that and i yeah. think it was her chasing him down in like a airport or a train station yes. or something like that and they yes. have just a really uh, bland romantic comedy the scene. most cliche yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then <sighs> but he's got like a funny friend he, he has a very funny friend who becomes yeah. roadie who's a bit of a fuck up but is also really funny um mm. listen Sometimes the whole thing with rom it's, it's funny, we listen in, we, I think we live in an age of like the rom-com has sort of died as a really fun genre. Um, and at the very least, they tried a thing. So like part of me, when I wouldn't like it, I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm always like encouraging, be daring, be adventurous, mm. try something. Like they did try a thing. They're, they're just bringing in together so much stuff. And as a legit, like, I might not be like a Beatles scholar, but I do feel like I am a bit of a, a Beatles Megahead, a Beatles super fan. Megahead, okay, everyone knows what I mean by Megahead. I'm a big Beatles head. I'm a big Beatles guy. I love them. And I don't know, mate. It's just a bit, it felt very the corporate sponsored. We're finally going to get some Beatles catalog action going. Let's make a little rom com out of it. And there's just too much going on, mate. There's just too much going on. Him getting, there's, there's a few different ways they could have gone. If they stuck with the the budding songwriter angle. So, 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 I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. I'm all over the place. Help me, yeah. help me. So, I haven't seen the movie. So, yes. tell me how he goes from playing, yes. like, as quickly as possible, playing yes, yes, a yes. Beatles song, which I think yeah. in the trailer from about five years ago, I remember he sort of yes. plays it in front of his family. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, did you write that? And he's like, mm. it's the Beatles. And they're like, mm. what are the Beatles? Or whatever. No, how does he go from that yes, to yes, suddenly, yes. like, mega star? Yeah, this is great. So, basically, actually, um, the fun, the fun montages in this film are when he decides to do Google searches. So he says, um, "Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64?" After this car, cr after his bike yeah. crash, and he says it to the the woman, the love interest, his manager. She's like, "What are you talking about? Why 64?" And she walks out. And he's like, "Why 64? What are you talking about?" That's like the song lyric. Yeah. And then they're walking to the car. He's like, "It's not. I'm not like the Beatles." She's like, "Who?" And finally, a few things happen. Mm. And then his friends. Get, it's actually his friends. They give him a guitar. Get better from your accident. At this point, mm. I'm thinking, 
the character has not exactly been charming enough to warrant all these nice, friendly friends and this nice manager. <laughs> He's not that charming. The funny thing about, I think Himesh Patel plays him great, plays him quite straight, plays him quite bland, but like his lack of charm is quite concerning. Um, with that said, he takes this new guitar. He's like, oh, even though I was going to like quit, let me like play a really nice song in it. He plays Yesterday, which is a great mm. choice. And um, they're all like completely wowed. He's trying to explain this by the Beatles. He gets very, this was the funny thing. He gets very like agitated um, by no one. He thinks it's a very elaborate joke they're playing on him. And then mm. for me, a really funny line, while everyone's quite wowed, when he starts defending it, saying, of course it's not mine. It's a, it's a piece of art. It's an amazing, like someone says, it's a nice song. It's not just a nice song. It's just mm. like amazing art. And then one of the women goes, well, it's not fix you, is it? It's not a Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a great line. Because that is kind of, if no one had ever written rest yesterday and you played it to your mate, that is kind of what they'd say, right? If you're that into it. And then yeah. basically he goes home and one of a few really fun montages where he's on a mad one Googling and it just comes up with actual Beatles and stuff like that. And he's just stressing and he types in different song names and whatever. Does he then, type in like Paul McCartney, John Lennon? Yeah, what does he do? He does type in a few of the guys um, uh, and then he just basically does a few more mm. gigs and then finally, even though um, he comes to this really fun, I think this is kind of like the heart of the film. They could have gone in for a bit harder, which is, his gigs are still empty, even though he's now decided to write up these classic songs and put them in, put them in his set. A few fun montages mm. of him working out the chords. Eleanor Rigby is a bit of a through line in the film where he can't remember because he's got quite f- weird, funny lyrics and he's trying to remember all the right lyrics. Um, you know, again, the logical part of me is like without chords or tabs, if you're unless you're a Beatles actual only guy, you're not remembering yeah. all of that. But whatever, we'll just let them have that one. There's a lot to remember. There's a lot to remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, he just lucks out into one record exec. Uh, one guy with the studio, rather, giving him a deal, cutting an album, and then suddenly um, it's it it just it's actually quite a nice slow build, like any sort of music film where a guy just is noticed by one guy. They do one recording session, mm. a few more bigger gigs, and then suddenly Ed Sheeran um, comes and plays a huge part of it because he selects him to be his support. And uh... actually, probably the nicest part of this film is him coming around to his actual house, like bumping into his dad. Um, and uh, just being Ed Sheeran, who's just like the most blokey bloke ever, which, to be fair, is very hard not to be won over by. Mm. Later, there's a much more overwrought scene where they do... Jeff, are you becoming an Ed Sheeran guy? (laughs) (laughs) No, because later he loses me. He won me over by being all... He won me over by being all modest, but then, like, there was something about, like, later on... No, to be fair, he even has Shape of You as, like, his ringtone, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Now, a few times he got me. Yeah, I might be becoming an Ed Sheeran guy. Who knew? Oh, that's um, a good joke. That is, I know, right? That is <laughs> a, a good, good joke, joke by itself. Um, and then another thing later, they have this songwriting. I'm getting too excited. They have this songwriting contest. Ed is I like, need to change my scores. <laughs> no, listen. Um, Ed is like, uh, you know, you're clearly amazing. Let's do a songwriting contest where we both have 10 minutes to write a song. He says to Jack Malik, yeah, imagine, yeah. right? And then they both do it. And Ed Sheeran has a lovely thing. But then, of course... Jack Malik sits down on the piano and does the long and winding road. And then he finishes <laughs> the long and winding road and Ed Sheeran starts clapping. And then the roadie's like, okay, let's vote. And Ed Sheeran's like, no, no need to vote. He won. Um, someone always told me, this is his line, if, if I'm remembering it right. Someone always told me someone would come along that was better than me and, and, and you're him. Someone better shag him quick before he becomes too famous. And he's just suddenly, <laughs> like, he's, uh, he's just on a, on a proper mad one, is Ed Sheeran in that one. Um, Only in a Richard Curtis movie would you use the word shag. Yeah, exactly. In a Richard Curtis movie, he uses the word shag. Listen, the problem with this film is it's it's like in fits and starts, 
It's like super charming and winning me over. And then it's like just fucking a sputtering engine with just nothing left in it and just actually kind of like lame and like, oh, wow, you really were at the peak of your powers in the 90s, Richard Curtis. I'm not sure about all of this. Um, mm. And yeah, and basically to bring it to just where I felt the most like conflicted um, at the end. end these two or three people who somehow the power outage hasn't affected them and they remember the Beatles. So a few press conferences and one of them's holding up like a little yellow submarine toy and the other one's at a gig just sort of staring like what's going on and he sort of sees them in the crowd. He's getting paranoid, right? And finally they sort of like find a way to meet him and they're like talking about like, so, you know, Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, like no one would... um uh, write these songs without visiting there, right? And he's like, yeah. And they're just like, they, the the plot twist there is they just start thanking him. They, for whatever reason, they're the only ones in the world who remember. And then mm. she goes to him, and we're not good singers, so we're just happy that you're putting it back in the universe. And he's so happy and grateful and thankful. Like, oh, I thought I was going to get arrested, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And then basically, the whole, you know, classic Richard Curtis, right? Because I think the really fun element of the film is if mm. you could choose to just skip to like acclaim fame success without with some sort of secret key such mm. as the beatles back catalog right would you take it at some point kate mckinnon who is the highlight of this film playing the very slimy manager who has nothing but amazing line readings he mm -hmm. slips in one of his own original songs while trying to record the other beatles one and she's like the thing about it is like i hate it but I don't find it interesting enough to listen again to find out why I hate it. And she said lines <laughs> like that so fucking hilariously. She's the highlight of the film. But um, at some point towards the end, she's like, I've got fame for you. I've got riches. Um, do you want, uh, you know, to drink from this chalice? And he goes, yeah, I'll take the chalice. And it's like, for me, that's the film, mm. right? But of course, the manager lady comes out. She actually decides to get with the guy who produced him, the first guy who noticed him and produced him in the studio she's now with him he decides oh actually i have loved you all this time so the, the end it's just this contrivance of like him trying to win the girl he plays a wembley supporting set for ed sheeran but the whole thing is he does a big confession these aren't my songs and i love what's her name mm. <laughs> and then she's a bit like uh, i love she... what's her name who is, <laughs> that... is so charismatic you forgot her name lily james is great lily james is like the most like you know, she plays this role to a T. She's really cute. She's really adorable. She's really fun. She's really nice. I, I spent the whole first third of the film like, he does not deserve her. Why is she so... She goes <laughs> to all the empty... Yeah, she goes to all the pubs with him and just it's empty. And she's like, yeah, you're doing great. I'm your manager. She's also a school teacher at the same time. My Actually, tell a lie. The funniest line in the film is when he comes and knocks on her window when she's teaching a class. And uh, I mean, spoilers, ahoy, right? Sorry, listener. Um, he comes and knocks on the window because he's just he's discovered no one knows the Beatles. He's like, I've decided to do music again. I've got a few songs, and like all her students are making fun of her. And then like he runs away, and then one student just goes to her, your boyfriend's left you, miss. And that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was very very English. It really put me back at a Whitmore High School uh, classroom. It was really nice line reading. But yeah, so basically the 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 contrivance climax of this film is the Wembley gig. Everyone's there, and he's like, actually, these aren't my songs. They were written by John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr. Um, and George Harrison, and everyone's like, who? And I'm like, this is... <laughs> and Ed's like, what? And the manager's like, no! The manager, Kate McKinnon, is just freaking out. And then they all end up backstage. Um, Lily James breaks up with the guy. They decide to be together. And then I'm like, how are they going to unravel and unpick all of this? Cut to him in a classroom or some mm. sort of assembly hall to kids playing Obladi Oblada by the Beatles. 
and like montages of them having a family, that's the end. What? <laughs> so basically, if the I Beatles got it never right, come back. No. Oh, I forgot the whole key point. The the people, the super fans, gave him this one little piece of paper. Like you should probably know about this. And then he walks to some sort of house by the coast, a coastal place. And guess who answers? Robert Carlyle, classic Scottish actor, dressed up and made up to the gills as John Lennon didn't die yeah i know i was like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> and he's just a happy guy and like a few, a few little funny moments basically my review of this film is like it's a pretty good funny sketch that's it they just made it a fucking film and went i don't i don't think this is gonna work as an audio pod because i think every one of my reactions is gif worthy right now <laughs> yeah yeah you're, yeah for, for the listener most of the time i've been saying these plots like his, his face is eyes boggling screwed up, up like a lemon yeah that your forehead screwed up like yeah so john lennon answers the door and like jack malik is like i'm so glad you made it to so the piece of paper had the address on yeah apparently right okay. yeah fucking, <laughs> and i don't know quite how that all works plot wise um and yeah, he hugs him. They go for a little walk. He wants to hug him. He's so happy he's made it to 78 or however old he is. And he just comes out with, so um, you've had a happy life, but you're not successful then, Jack says to him. because He's just living in this coastal house doing paintings or whatever. And John Lennon's like, well, um, I'm happy. So that is success. I thought that was a nice little moral. And then he was just saying like, uh, you know, and it was complicated, but I got the girl. I don't know if they're referring to Yoko there. And then he goes, yeah, I had the girl, but I lost her. And John goes to him like, and this is such a Richard Curtis line, and I don't know how they're doing like a not murdered John Lennon delivering it, like the cheesy rom-com climax line, but they did. Could they just, just not go- get Paul McCartney? I get right, I don't know, I don't know. Like it's quite, a, as a Beatles fan, it is almost touching, like wow, if he didn't die, he would just be this artist on the coast doing mm. bits and being a bit funny. Like part of me felt a bit touched, but then the line at the end is like, well, it's not that complicated, mate. You tell the girl you love, you love her. Like, is this oh, in a Scouse accent, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, in a, it's the Scottish actor doing the Scouse accent. Um, and he tells him that. And then that's, to be fair, that low-key sweet, but also really surreal. And, like, I couldn't tell. This movie went places. I never expected it to go, I swear, Jeff. bro. I swear. And I couldn't tell. Is this in bad taste or nah? So that was uh, weird. And um, <laughs> and the last, the last scene that has to be highlighted, because me and you have talked about him before, is um, they do this really good James Corden scene. So they're building up to a late, late show appearance, which I'm like, ugh, you know, too much James Corden as usual, right? But then he's doing like the bland whatever interview. Oh, Jack, we love your songs. We can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And then he just goes, but actually we have a bit of a, a problem. We'd love to run by you. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, what? He's like, we've got two people um, backstage who say they've written your songs. And Jack's like, oh. James like, yeah, their names are Ringo and Paul. And, and Jack's like, oh. oh and no. suddenly you're like, oh, this is a very weird non-talk show moment where it seems like they're going to do a gotcha. And then it turns out it's a bad dream and he wakes up from it. But like, just, I know, I know. But just for a minute, that was that was going to be fun. Anyway, it's just this film is just moments that I could talk about. Some fill me with outrage and are atrocious. Some are weirdly funny. I when wish they I could to- flip two of my numbers around. Do you reckon? Because I actually, mm. the more I've talked about it, I've got numbers that feel that feel right, um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to give you my score. Okay, so I had a two for anticipation. You are correct. For oh. Now this is where now I might have swapped it around because it sounds like you kind of actually enjoyed it while you're watching it <laughs> in a <laughs> in lie. a can't lie in a, in a perverse way. So yes, my locked in score is two, but I actually think I changed that to a three. 
Um, and my retrospect is a three, which I think I would actually change to a two. Ooh. It so was two th- based on, on your review, I would go yep. two, three, two, but I actually wrote two, two, three. No, it's to be fair. It, I'd still, I would say two, three, three. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you're only one off. You're only one wow. off. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is wow. that Owen Wilson? Are we doing Owen yes, Wilson? Yes, we're doing Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, to, to, to put a bow on it, I don't know what that was. What the fuck, lads? Um, okay, you did that. I think it reminded you, me You're of, saying it was good. Parts of it were good. Um, so yeah, that warrants a good? Yeah, some bits were so crazy good. That it's like, that was great. And then suddenly other bits are like, this is all bad. Why did we start this? Okay, First question. Take out off. Kate McKinnon. Is it still good? Ooh. Um, it's less good. It's still okay. good. It's less good. I'll tell you what. You know, I was talking about uh, it being a sketch. With some of the British heads who pop in, uh, um, Mira Sayal, um, mm. Goodness Gracious Me, um, the two uh, principal actors from Goodness Gracious Me are the parents. They're really, really funny. They keep interrupting him, trying to do the world premiere in a sense of Let It Be in like, yeah. his living room, and they keep interrupting him. It's really, really funny and cute. Little scenes like that. The, 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 the best parts of this film could have been just a comic relief sketch with some really funny British actors. But that's what I think about this film. Yeah. And those bits are good enough and charming enough that wins me over. But to and stretch it out for two hours. Yeah, no, I think often during this film i was thinking why aren't you 90 minutes you should be this film should be 80 to 90 let alone 90 then you're just about (laughs) but yeah that's that's my review i enjoyed and i hated and i enjoyed again so that's me and now now we're gonna go to um the link here which is fun is uh, the Beatles that in a, in a world where the Beatles do and did exist? By the way, the fact that he just was, they're so not culturally making sense. That's one logical little thing that doesn't make. Oh, suddenly you're writing Hard Day's Night. The record producer goes, "What does that mean?" When he says that's the title, and Jack Mallet goes, uh, "I don't know." That's just so many things. Like, <laughs> these <laughs> these no, no, the order he puts them out in is such a nitpicky music thing. But like, if you just came out of nowhere with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and All You Need Is Love and stuff, people would be like, what are these? I don't know. Just the order he chose is weird. If he was a true nerd, he would have sat there and tried to do it album by album. Let me talk about a band who covered the Beatles in this world. I'm not sure you're aware, but on this um, album called The Big Come Up by the Black Keys, there's a song called She Said, She Said, which is a Beatles song, which to this day, I'm like, how the fuck did the Black Keys do that on their first album? Um, I did not know that was a Beatles song. Yeah, (laughs) okay. But um, we're talking about the Black Keys debut album. These boys from Ohio. and um, 2002, Jeffrey. 2002, Christopher. And this is um, uh, a band that's near and dear to our hearts. And we're going to see them live soon. And we've loved them for many years. And um, tell me a bit about um, both your relationship with the Black Keys in general. And then we'll get to this album. Oh, uh, I like, I like the Black Keys. (laughs) So I remember, tell me if I'm right or wrong. I remember back in our heyday of formative musical experiences and discovering um, our favorite acts that my first memory is MTV2 again, shout out, um, video for 10am automatic. Which is them playing in front of like a very dead audience. Exactly. Them playing in front of a very dead audience with a still um, cliche, enthusiastic sort of talk show host guy. Um, and it just they feel really out of place and it's just a really gnarly cool blues song and they're just a rocking two-piece band patrick carney on the drums and dan auerbach i don't know how to pronounce it uh vocals and guitar um it was in the age of uh the white stripes so they're sort of in their shadow but they've ended up super at least still going so they've outlasted them in that sense and they became 
from when we got into them, mm-hmm. which is, I think their third album in Rubber album Factory. Rubber Factory. Um, yep. I did not expect them to end up having the commercial success they did. Yes, um, and that's amazing. So, um, do you remember your your first your first falling for them and getting into? I, I'm pretty sure this was a band that you forced upon me during oh, nice. our college years. It's kind <laughs> of where I, this like where this whole podcast started back in 2004, probably where Rubber Factory nice. came out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's probably you going here, check them out. I remember you actually showing me the video mm. and like laughing and looking at me, going, "Why aren't you laughing?" Because it's quite funny. Because doesn't some like old lady come out in a Zimmer frame or something. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. To, to, yeah. To sort of like bombard the stage or something while they're playing 10 a.m. <laughs> automatic. But this is good stuff. <laughs> I, need good to, stuff. I, I should have gone back to that video. Check out the show notes, guys, because I will also be there with you um, recalling this video. Wait, are you the one who does the show notes? Sometimes. Listen, it's a <laughs> collaborative operation. Don't worry about it. But yeah, so the Blackies is a, is a, it's a very funny band for me because I dip mm. in and out. Right. Looking at their back catalogue in front of me now, I oh. haven't listened to all of it. Right. But I've probably listened to three or four albums multiple times. Yeah. I sort of because they they like coming out with sort of weird blues cover albums and stuff like that, and I'm like, yes. I just kind of want to listen to the the Black Keys stuff. Yes. Or, or whatever it is. Um. So I remember listening to Rubber Factory, their third album, an mm. awful lot, and being yes. a big fan, but never really going back to the big come up or thick freakiness before yes. that. Yes. Um, or Freakness, sorry. Thick Freakness, freakiness. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you telling me to listen to Big Come Up was actually quite fun. It was yes. almost like me putting on a new Black Keys album I hadn't heard before. Right, right. Which, 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 was, which was really good fun. Mm. And it's, it's funny because you know how we talk about artists that always do the same thing. And you can't see how they've evolved from A to B because they're just doing that same thing. I don't know when we've talked about it, but I'm we sure we've talked, talked about, about it. it. We have we'll, talked about it. We've did, probably did, talked about it recently, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> did, did you find two of the absolute kings of that shit here? <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. Because oh. I actually think, listening to the big come up, ah, it they, there, there was so much, you could he- almost hear the influence they were trying to find their sound. Because right, right. I, I made a note on one of the songs somewhere mm. called Yearning, which for yes, me yes. just sounded like a Motown song. Right, um, right. But then you've got sort of other songs that sound very sort of, I don't know, I want to say like Southern blues or something. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. you've also yeah. got some like Jimi Hendrix stuff in there. And then you've got them even trying to sample things. There's one point on the entire mm. album <laughs> where they mess with panning. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the whole album just sounds kind of mono-y with yeah. like just because it's just guitar and drums and probably some overdubbing in there. But mm. at one point in one song, in just one tiny moment, the guitar mm. comes out the left ear and then it comes out the right ear, and it never does it again before, it never does it again afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did did, did 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 someone spill something on the mixer while they're mastering it or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it just there's constant just like they're trying to find their sound throughout, which I actually right. found quite charming and awesome. like oh it's quite nice to listen to. Plus there's some bangers on there. Yes. Um, the breaks, heavy soul. Yeah. Um, I've kind of written that. You know, like Baby Driver. Bear with me. Uh, the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know, like written in some mo- by Edgar Wright. Yeah, but oh, wow. I, I, yeah, I might might regret saying that. But you know how <laughs> in every movie sometimes. Every movie sometimes doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, there is a scene where someone gets up and they press play on like some sort of audio machine that's about to play music. And then right. there's a montage of them getting up, going out, getting ready, doing something, moving on. Very yes. so much sort of like all the adverts that the Black Keys appear on. Sure. If you know what I mean. Sure. 
about 80% of this album could be one of those songs where you just put it on, you click yeah. play, and then you get on with your day sort of thing, and there's that weird montage of a scene. It's, because it's, it's just uh, kind of fucking cool? It's Yes, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. I, yeah, I've yeah, written yeah. like it's a kind of like a soundtrack to your life. I like I put it on and I walk out the house and suddenly I think I'm the coolest guy in the world. Because yeah, I, th- yeah, I feel yeah. like everyone else can hear what I'm listening to. you got your jeans on, you're yeah. just <laughs> casual. And, and every one of them is like, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah. There's something really, oh, I love that take. Yeah, so it's like you're in a So, like, you could literally click on any of those songs, press play, walk, and then, like, have a great time. And they're all, like, two, three minutes, the little jams or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from Jeffrey. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So. Even the title for this one. (laughs) Right? It's a bit like, what are we talking about, lads? Love it. 240 years before your time, brackets, ghost track. Right. So. For all the youngsters out there, there was a there was a time where artists would have a secret song at, at the end of their tape, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or possibly CD. Or record. For me, for me, it was uh, five. What the fuck? I did not. Expect- <laughs> five did the thing of their last track, having yeah. a track, having a big twenty or so minute gap, and then doing more music. Fuck off. Yes, the yes. boy band five. Yes, and and I'm pretty sure it was like Inspector Gadget or something. That's not allowed. That's not the genre. <laughs> That's mad. I remember it for um, something in the way. The beat, the last track on the Beatles, Sharp Jeff. The last track on um, Nevermind by Nirvana. Something okay. in the way is the really somber ending. 20, 30 minute gap. And then suddenly they do this endless nameless jam. That's what it's called, endless nameless. And they just go hard. Mm. Oh, my! our favorite example would probably be motion picture soundtrack. But that's a weird okay. one, right? The last song on Kid A. Yeah, yeah. Big, big gap. And then suddenly it's just like some sort of harmonium mm. sort of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think some um, backstory might be that something's ascending to heaven or something. But anyway, yeah. So um, I was listening to it. Did you have this same thing where I'm like... Well, because I look, you look at the runtime, it says 54 yeah. minutes. And right. I was going for a run. And I right. thought, I'll be back before it finishes. Yeah, then yeah. it like finished like 30 minutes into my run. And I'm like... Wait a minute. Yeah. What's happening? Check- as, 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 have I lost signal? Where's the rest of the song gone? Now, to get technical... I was yeah. going for a walk while doing this, right? So I noticed yeah. and I looked and I realized and I skipped along and waited for the more music to come into my ears again. Then I stopped. And I was like, oh, fun. You, mm. if I'm right, when you're listening to uh, music, you've got mm. it like tucked away while running. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. So I just ran the last like 10 minutes of my run and nothing in my ears. <laughs> and you just thought it was done. And then I, I genuinely thought because the other day I was, I hadn't downloaded what I was going to listen to and I was running in and out of signal or something mm. like that. So I just genuinely thought that had happened. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. So then, when you finish running and you look... I was like, oh, it's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then, as usual, I've, I, I've yet to... I think Nirvana comes close, but I've yet to find where it's like a super like, oh, shit, they're back and they're doing like a crazy conceptual thing. It's usually just, mm-hmm. and there's music again, which yeah. is a, it's always a bit of an anticlimax for me, that move. But, um, yeah. more, but I mean, no one does it anymore. Jamming. What they do is they just put four or five bonus tracks and release exactly. like the Jalux album and then like you have to make a decision of whether that's meant to be there or not. Chris does like talking about this uh, state of affairs. <laughs> but the weird thing is, yeah, I think on Spotify a lot of the time, it might even be the case with Kid A or Nirvana, but um, mm. they just cut it out and they do the last track so you know the proper long t- mm. run time and then they do a bonus track. So like part of me likes that they've kept that. I kind of like yeah. that. It's just a bit more true to the, the original nature of that album. Um, okay, so this was f- uh, a freaking enjoyable time for you. So I- I've got to say firstly... Mm. Um, as I said pre-record uh, you're only one off so I'm, I'm bigging myself up a bit oh we got straight here. to scores already no 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 no, no. I just want to oh. preempt this I've got a few questions but I just want to preempt mm. this with like I am super confident because it sounds okay. like you enjoyed and you did enjoy and um, 
I have I have had a knack. I'm probably jinxing myself as we speak. I have had a knack. But I really enjoyed two. And one thing I did do is I went onto the YouTubes. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch 10 a.m. automatic video, which I regret. But I did watch the big come up. The Black Keys relive their accidental start, which is a bit of a Rolling Stone 12 minute documentary, which I super recommend where they look back on it. They listen to it. Um, uh, and uh, it's just it's so charming. Their parents yeah. are in it. They're talking about how much they were like just trying to make music work as a career. And it was just I can't emphasize enough. Um, it's quite a funny contrast to the Beatles film, which just felt so it felt so pumped full of money. Mm. I'm sorry, it just did. As much as I had charming human moments, it was just money all over the screen, all over this content. Whereas the Black Keys talking about their start, it was like Dan Auerbach talking about like, yeah, I'm just trying to play clubs and they just needed demo tapes to get me in. And then one day I knew Pat had drums. My band didn't show up, so we jammed. Like, it's just so Aww. freaking... Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then this bit, you know, usually in the band story, like to really make it, even in the Bloody Beatles film... You have to like grind a bit. And he's like, once we were jamming together, even our parents knew like this was a bit of a different, original, unique vibe. And then like I sent the demo to like 12 record labels and one signed us. Done. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then they started playing. And then I really like how he talks about um, we got one tour supporting this person. And then we got, um, I think, Slater Kinney, big indie band. Then from that, we got a, um, a tour supporting Beck. And then from that, we got a tour supporting Radiohead. And that was like... Wow. And I'm thinking, fuck, imagine seeing them with Beck or Radiohead. That would have been so the vibe. I think one of the tours we caught Radiohead on, we might have missed it. But I do mm. remember, like, mid-2000s, Black Keys were part of the support at some point and just being like, that's such a cool... Yeah, I know we had th we had Willie Mason for one, didn't we? We did have Willie Mason. Shout out. You will feature on this podcast at some point. One of our OG mm. favourite original songwriters, Willie Mason. But I don't know how they've got this such stripped-back, lo-fi aesthetic. Well, what, 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 I, what I was listening to is... so. Um, I can't say his name, but the guitarist and singer. Yeah, Dan Auerbach. Yeah. Dan Auerbach. Oh, this is what I'm going for. <laughs> uh, Dan Auerbach. Skeptical. He's a very good guitarist. Yes. Um, but he knows his sound and he knows what is sort of... He's got a very fuzzy, distorted, fuzz, blues, fuzzy box sound. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I've said fuzz four times on purpose. Um, but what he's also very good at is he's, mm. he's, he's got a very country way of playing blues, Ooh, which is yes. something that I spotted. But he's also very rhythmic and percussive in the way that he plays it. So he does sort of, oh, for like any it. guitarist out there, he's very much a, a thummy finger guy, <laughs> if that makes mm, any mm. sense. Of which it there will. are certain thummy tracks finger. on here where before the drums have even come in, you can yeah. feel the groove just by how he's playing his licks right, and his things right, like that. Right, 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 right. Um, which is something that... I really enjoy because he can he could almost just sit there and play a song on his own and you you, you it would feel very full right but it would just be him with his guitar and his technique of the way that he's playing it which right. I I find quite fun I guess oh no, yeah and, and it's really and good it's just it's such a vibe and he knows exactly what he is in terms of his style and what he's doing yeah. so when you pick up a Black Keys album you know what you're getting which yeah. again completely contradicts my if you pick up an Ed Sheeran album you know what you're getting no this thing. is really this is probably and you know good that Ed Sheeran features and yesterday so we can sort of compare just a little bit but like yeah there is it isn't a fully bad and we, thing we, to we know promise not to mention Ed Sheeran next week but <laughs> but I'm just conscious that obviously yeah. I know what I like therefore. Yeah. I go to what I like, and that was my point last week anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also, again, the rawness of this album is fun. You can mm. see where they're going. And actually, even though, yes, they get more commercial success, mm. it's just a much more polished version. They're finding themselves with each album as it goes on. Yes. To the point when they get to sort of El Camino and Lonely Boy and stuff like that, mm. they know exactly what they are. And 
Yeah. Kind of just smashing it out of the park, doing that sort of thing. Yeah, it's like they really hone in on it. They really are able to like. It's it's interesting because like on the album you can hear like the rumblings of what they're gonna become, yeah. right? But like so they evolve, but like they don't evolve to the point of like they're always the black keys. So like the whoa uh oh on Lonely Boy, it's like fuck. They figured out like a super catchy chorus, but yeah. still the fucking black key. They've always like yeah. It's it, um I love how you described um Dan's technique. Is knowing himself is awesome. So the interesting mm. thing to me is, so you as a musician can speak to this a bit. If he could then play more just solo stuff, what what is Pat bringing to it? Because to me, what I get as with a really um, sort of just foundational level reading, not not too advanced musically, is just mm. boy Pat is energetic. That's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and he, um, it's kind of like uh, trying to think how to say it. Mm. His drumming technique is also very odd and strange. And I remember Ooh. having a live DVD, I feel, Ooh, of the nice. Black Keys. And there was sort of an interview and they sort of talked to him about his drumming style because the way his kit is set up is not a traditional way that a kit oh, is set up. Right. Which then also lends itself to almost being played just ever so slightly different so that it creates its own sort of sound and sure. way of doing things. He's like, already got a signature. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, to, to name drop, um, when... A couple of times when I met up with Jay Paul mm. um, and we did our own little weird jamming thing and stuff like that, he'd often just tune his guitar differently just oh, so that yes, yes, yeah. the the phrasing of the chords or whatever would just sound different. Mm. Um, which it, then if, if I play an A or he plays an A, they sound different because of just the way that they're phrased and which how the strings are tuned and stuff like that. Right, but right, yeah, right. So, but, so Pat's weird, crazy, energetic drumming technique and it's not traditional, but it is what it is and it actually works really well mm. with... Um, what Dan's doing? Dan's hour back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, that it, 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 you can't help it. I, I need to touch on it. We're both Black Keys guys to a point, right? I'm also mm. a White Stripes guy. And people yep. also say, in a very different way, people say that about Meg too. Like in a conventional yeah. sense, she's doing very odd stuff, but it really works for what Jack's doing. I do yeah. love this. Even you and I had at least one uh, jam session where we did that. There's something really nice about, I was playing guitar, you were playing drums at the time. There's something so nice about just... Um, finding a groove with guitarist and drummer. Like, until the White yeah. Stripes Black Keys thing, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. You know, if you've got a duo as a musical team, I would assume two principal guitar-y songwriters. Mm. Like, What's that other band you told me about at this time? Where they had... Oh, there uh, was another one? Yeah, there was at another this time. one. Because interestingly, in the news this week, and you even sent me a DM about it, we'll mm. come back around to it if you can remember, a band that I don't know fucking anything about until something went viral, a clip went viral this week, Royal Blood. Royal Blood went viral this week. Because I sent you a tweet about it. Yes, you did. <laughs> my guy was not happy at the Radio 1 big stage or whatever the fuck with the, the crowd not being super enthusiastic with their set and he just was going in on them. And my initial take watching the uh, clip was like, my guy, you're being very uh, entitled there. Just, just do, your, do your show and get off. Like, it's a weird thing to be like, you guys are so shit, so we're going to clap ourselves. Like, they were, they were oh. playing Radio 1's Big Weekend. What did they think was going to happen? Well, yeah. Firstly, what did you think was going to happen? And secondly, like, I don't know. Just like, if you're not getting too much back from the crowd, you're going to hammer the crowd for it. I don't quite get it. Like, something hasn't worked there. Um, but it's gone It's gone viral, which is fun. He gave everyone the fingers as he was leaving the stage. Maybe did they actually leave a... mid-set? Or... I don't think they left. I think they just did their set and then he just left in a bit of a huff, which, yeah, as long as you as long as long you did the thing they paid you to do, I'm, I'm kind of all right with it. What did yeah. you make of that clip? Before I, I see in your eyes you, you were able to find the other act. What did you make of that clip? <laughs> um, 
I don't know because I feel like again you need more context. The whole story, yeah, yeah, yeah fair you, point. And you know, I'm Switzerland out here a lot of the time. So. <laughs> um, Who were the other acts then? Uh, if I said the name of the song, okay, Las, yeah. Las Cruces Jail. Oh, fucking two gallons. There Mine. we go. Oh, mate. I, I couldn't remember the band name, but I remembered the song. Oh, nicely so. done remembering the song. Oh, they're, they're my actual. Oh, they're one of my favourites of this lot because they're. They had like fucking rocker gnarly ballads. Rockabilly, the... <laughs> rockabilly ballads. <laughs> they they had gnarly rock ballads, man. Um, yeah. They were more like the eight minute, like super. It's like every, you know every six minute plus Bob Dylan song. Yeah. They were that version. They, they had like ne- eight of them on an album. Yeah, exactly. They had eight <laughs> of them on an album, uh, and they would um, not have uh, soundtracked any cool put in your wallet in your jeans mm. advert like the black keys <laughs> um it's a real it's the a real, wallet in the jeans advert i don't know yeah. why that um i don't know why they never got on either the white stripes and the black uh, keys i don't know why dan and jack have always had a bit of a, a feud going they they, they have a feud a, well something jack's a bit of a firebrand and always getting into shit but uh, dan just seems like such a gentle soul here's an, a connection i didn't know about um, mm. dan actually produced second Lana Del Rey album Ultraviolence really which is really fucking cool right that's um, cool um, so that might uh, show up in a, a different episode uh, when we're leading up to a Lana Del Rey gig uh, hopefully that would make a yeah. lot of so sense so thank you podcast fans for just <laughs> <laughs> just listening to us listen to stuff before we go to gigs yeah apparently that's what this show is becoming and occasionally Chris will just troll me and make me watch a really long film I don't want to watch but the thing is ladies and gentlemen he also talks about in this little mini rolling stone uh, documentary that uh he's uh, patrick carney set up a drum set in his little home studio whatever because he wanted other people to come and play it oh um, play the guitar Aww. he wanted to play the guitar <laughs> and then he hadn't actually played drums for like a year a year and a half when they recorded this first demo thing um i'm enjoying how much you liked it i love the take that when you like a band it's not even a take as such, but just the perspective. When you love a band like me and you love a few, there's only a, there's only actually quite a few, you know, MJ for you, a bit of yeah. Radiohead for me, where I know them inside out, inside out. Most yeah. of the bands I like, I know a few albums tops, right? Yeah. So when you're given the excuse, going back to an earlier album is, as you said really nicely, just as good as discovering a whole new album. So for me too, I was like, I know the Black Keys already. No, but I, didn't I know, know a few this. of my albums. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't know this at all. So it was really fun. Um, one interesting thing is they open that. But I, am, I am super nervous that they actually have quite a back catalogue. I have no idea what they will play. Yeah, but then so also that's should. kind of fun too. Exactly. But, but it is get... the O2, so... Oh, okay. We can They'll... do a whole podcast on how we feel about the O2 as a venue. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> yeah, to me, I've given up on sometimes I'm like, I want to exhaust the catalogue and know it inside out. Listen, you know your bits. The new yeah. bits will just be new bits. It is what it is. I've got an actual... Imagine, I've got a Beyonce gig coming up. I know very strong pockets and then there's huge bits i don't know but the crowd's going to be going wild and i'm sure are there any gigs you're not going to (laughs) trust me there are um don't worry about it there for sure are but um the really interesting thing about this album is they open speaking of um Mm. how you just felt about it they open with a few covers right okay you wouldn't even know it a few of them are traditionals a few of them are these southern blues guys that they love i personally as a big blues guy I do love the blues influence. They turn it into mm. their own thing, but I love that. And here's a really interesting one, right? Do the Rump by Junior Kimbra, who's obviously one of their favorites, right? They cover mm. this, Do the Rump, okay? On a future album, many years later, they do a song called Do the Romp. It's <laughs> the same it's the same song. They just do it again and for me, do uh, the Rump, which is on uh, the Big Come Up. 
and then do the romp which is on delta cream which is just a special album of junior kimbra covers um but it's like literally an album ago so it's super recent if mm. any um sort of two songs could more illustrate how far they've come just in terms of production more than anything it's, yeah. it's still the same vibe they've just basically done this song twice which is just a really interesting tidbit um and nothing super this is the way that i guess as to, to speak to your take about how much they know themselves no song sticks out as like oh wow like they definitely didn't write this one like all the songs you can buy them Right, yeah. right. So they've got the Junior Kimber song. They've got an R.L. Burnside song, which is another blues guy. Then they've got a Beatles song. If you're just listening to the album without checking out the Wikipedia, you wouldn't know it. No, so and I didn't them. know it. Yeah, and you didn't know it. <laughs> I so don't do the go. research because Jeff does the research. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> Yeah, um, I do just enough to cover us both. But I think you enjoyed it, and I've got my scores, and they're correct, and then we can just go home, I guess. All right, so what are they? <laughs> Fours across the board. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Really? Yes. No. Not, Freeze not across the board. Wrong. No. Okay. It's not their it best forward, album, Jeff. I wouldn't say it's their best. Oh wow, I was three so off. That's good. That's yeah, just, I I looked forward to it. I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it, and you think, and yeah, I think it's as enough. good as you think yesterday is. Oh wow! <laughs> no, see, this is where the scale is just not objectively right. We need to like one to twenty, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, five isn't enough for all the nuances and shit. And half points. Yeah, definitely half points. I guess maybe I could get you to uh, fours across the board, all fours, so to speak, if um, it was like one of the other top tier albums. But you're right; it's a it's a classic debut. It's a good I mean, debut. I'm looking. I'm looking. I've got the back catalog in front of me because I was just needed some sort of reference points, and mm. I'm already like, oh, I want to listen to Brothers again. I want to listen yeah. to El Camino again. I want to listen yeah. to Rubber Factory again. There's a and yeah. I don't think I gave Turn Blue or Let's Rock enough time. Yeah, and I yeah, definitely yeah. haven't listened to their latest album. I don't yeah, think we need it, maybe spun it once. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to vibe again to the back catalogue a bit in um, anticipation of our gig together. This is an interesting question now. Would the fact that we're going to a gig together, who gets to pitch that? Because surely that like is... Was that, that cheating? <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. It's I mean, just, I like... have been toying with the fact of just pitching you the new Spider-Man movie this weekend. Ah, okay. Because I thought that's important. one way to ensure well, that we watch it. He's been toying with it, but is he going to do it, ladies and gentlemen? Because we are getting to that time. Um, find us on Twitter at CCC Appraisal Pod, and, and let us know at... what wallets you put in your jeans when you're listening to music. Or... <laughs> let us know what wallet <laughs> what you your put wallet, in your jeans. What, what, let us know what your wallet jean music is. Because <laughs> what's I think, your wallet jeans music? What yeah, music what is you the your like the sun's out? You're heading off to you got so, you're heading out somewhere. It could be the you put the tune on in the car, you roll down the window, and then off you go. So, what is your wallet gene music? I think is <laughs> is the question of the week. Um, I like after that. the FOMO and the week that was, and the odds and ends, or bits and bobs. Um, <laughs> also, email us at CCC Appraisal um, Hour at gmail.com. Let us know all these things. Just say hi. We'll say hi back. We'll figure out the socials, Instagram, and or. I am conscious that we haven't emailed anyone back that is emailed. <laughs> <laughs> Keep telling them to. But email. they didn't say hi. It's the worst kind of ghosting. Yeah, exactly. Just say. I'm sure they did say hi. To be fair, they said some sort of greeting. Um, and we love you, listeners who have emailed in, and we will get back to you. We do appreciate you. We do love you. Shout out. Um, can I shout out by names, or are we still? Would we have to bleep those out? I, I don't know because I'm about to reference my partner. <laughs> How are you? In, <laughs> yes. Have you got your pitch ready? I've got my pitch ready, and it's come from. My partner. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's we're gonna pop our cherry on a type of content, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> <What> <laughs> I'm content recommending a podcast. 
Wow, it's happened. <laughs> I did not think you would be the first to do this. Let's go. And I thought I had it here. So <laughs> I think everyone in the world has heard of 99% Invisible as a podcast. No? Have you not heard of 99% Invisible as a podcast, Jeff? You're I, looking I very even... <laughs> blankly faced. Blankly faced. Nin- what are you saying? 99% Invisible? Yeah. No, it, I haven't heard it's, of that. It's like one of the OG podcasts, wow. really. Because I'm about to pitch episode 527. Uh, oh my 522, goodness. sorry, to you. Okay. So there, there, there is a long and winding thread of why this is almost half relevant. Okay. So <laughs> I like running. That's the starting point. Very yes. good. Um, a runner that I follow is about oh. to carry out a race in South Africa called Comrades, which is the birth of the ultramarathon. Right. Um, and this podcast is specifically about that marathon and wow. how it originated wow. and its relationship with the apartheid and all sorts of things like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There are yeah, layers. Yeah, so we're going deep. What happened? What's going on? This is fantastic. Um, so yeah. this is the 99% Invisible podcast. Yes, episode 522. Episode five. Is that a recent one or am I going to have to... Uh, January this year. Nice. Okay, cool. I found it. Wow, this is a whole new... Um, yeah, the Comrades is the name of the race. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Got it. Wow. Who knew? Who knew? About yeah, and I'm a, I, I follow Ben Parks on YouTube and this race has been postponed multiple times because of COVID. He's also been injured and he's finally running it, I think, in a couple of weeks' time. Right. Um, so there's, there's a whole... A thing whole here, thing. but I thought I'm going to get you with the podcast. Wow, this week. you did it! We're going to do it. a we're going to do a show where we review a podcast on a podcast. Podcast which... about podcast. Meta, meta. Let's go. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, it's a I movie really about movies. It is a movie about movies. <laughs> I didn't think you'd beat me to it, but you did. Congratulations. I'm doing something a bit uh, different. You're giving me too. love, actually, aren't you? I'm not giving you love. Actually, <laughs> I'm doing something where it's interesting, right? Because you didn't have to watch yesterday and i think that actually really worked well you're gonna make me watch yesterday no i'm not oh mate that would be so good that would be hilarious that would be hilarious (laughs) i'm being so much nicer it's actually not even fair what i'm doing for you is because i would love to what are you doing for me jeff when you get into the nitty-gritty christopher when you get into the uh talking about musicianship and um even some of the black keys chat today and um your own experiences our own experiences as songwriters by the way i do think my um me and christopher the fact that we're both um have written songs in our lives. I think that very much coloured my uh, enjoyment of yesterday. I think there's such a good little indie film hidden in there, not to to get sidetracked. I just got sidetracked. Do you know what I realised? We've we've talked about The Black Keys and we haven't actually referenced what our shared folder is called. Oh, yeah. And what Um, our two-piece band were called when we were a two-piece band. Let's let's quickly get that out of there. The Black Squares. (laughs) (laughs) And Black Square Business is our shared folder. Yeah. Um, so, oh, this is what I keep meaning to do research on, right? Because you, if you're the Black Keys, you don't want to just only be compared to the White Stripes, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you must have come after. Then why did you call yourselves the Black Keys, lads? This is what I need to like figure this out because uh, it's just too like. Isn't it a, a piano reference? Oh, that makes way more sense. Of course it is. Yeah. But a piano reference in the world where the White Stripes exist, you got the White Stripes of the piano, and you got the Black Keys that like there's. They they must have been playing with it to a degree, which is kind of funny either way. Regardless, yeah, sorry. this, what I'm doing, I love when you get into music, talk about music, um, your point of view on it and the chat we have. This is a film you've seen before. This okay. is a film, I'm actually giving myself more work, weirdly. Is it like, all nine hours of the Beatles documentary? It's not all, oh, <laughs> mate, that's another shout. This is something I just want to talk about again, and I want to um, have a reason to find the time for me to watch it. 
Whether you watch it again or not, how much you remember it to speak to it confidently, I'm not sure. But it's a film called Homecoming, and it's the Beyonce film. Ah. Plays live, and you're a big fan of it, and you've told me to watch it before. The fact that I am going to... I'm pretty sure I've now. watched it twice. There you go. So maybe you could just come in cold just with a little bit of an internet reminder. This is totally your call, but I yeah. want to talk about it's it. It's the Netflix movie, right? I think It is the Netflix yeah. movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it's one, It's like a big sort of... It's, is it the Coachella performance? I think so. Yes. Um, and it's just and like, it's a it's mishmash of both nights, right? And it's like it's where people can't even deny that she's one of the performers of her generation. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Kind of. Deal. And yet there are some people out there who still just don't get. Beyonce. Name a person. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I we'll can, know. but I won't. It's probably oh, okay. What I oh, say. that's the real answer. Fantastic. Oh, even I, for once, I actually know who you're talking about. So yeah. shout out to that person. Um, yeah. And I'm sure more of that person exists, you know, out there. Every every opinion exists out there. In the and we're here right? to change it. And we're if, here to change it. We're here to yeah. give you ours. We're here to hang out with you, talk about opinions. We can't. Just and do you know what? You content. got all three of my scores wrong. So wow, do you know yeah, what that I, I means, so Jeffrey? Confident. <gasps> I was so confident. What does that mean? We have a winner this week, ladies and gentlemen. It is not your usual winner. So that's uh, listen. We don't yeah. want to be changed. And I'm I'm gloating in my Edward Sharp T-shirt. This wow. Way. And that's 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 uh, that's a good shirt to glow it to gloat in today. If we're gonna stick to our black keys, doing the OG shit and keeping it up with just a slightly fresh take, I don't think you winning every week is the look. I think we need to stick to our roots. Okay, <laughs> I was so confident with my score, um, but we'll see what happens next week with Beyonce's Homecoming, the film, and episode five hundred and twenty-two of the 99 percent invisible podcast, The Comrades. Um, and do you I remember did, like, how you started this pod? talking about how you have all your pods in a list downloaded and you don't get through them all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. The list just got a big shift. Um, we have stuff to listen to, art to process, content to consume. Um, don't just consume your content. Don't just tick a box. Talk about it. Write about it. Review it and Feel win. It. Review it. If you win, it's a bonus. And if you don't win... Hey, at least you can look at the scoreboard and still be ahead, probably. Right, lads? <laughs> right, everybody? Um, I don't know. Probably, right? I need to get the spreadsheet live, let alone the socials. Gosh darn it. Um, we've had a lovely time with you today. Christopher, when the people go away, are you leaving them with an odds and ends? Any other recommendations? Any other things from the week that was? Oh, what are you looking week. forward to this afternoon? I'm going to the theatre. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Jeffrey Barlow? What are we talking about? Yeah, well, it's not a Q&A with some obscure <laughs> black and white silent French director movie person. <laughs> Sounds good. I need to get to work. What is it then? Is it, is it like a standard musical? It's Heather's the musical. Oh, that sounds good. I've never seen Heather, Heather's the film, have you? Uh, yes, it's Big very fan. weird. Winona yeah. Ryder, Christian Slater... Very, oh, sounds very 80s. Yeah, it's very sort of... You know how people say the Breakfast Club hasn't aged well or something yes. along those lines? Hearts it kind of ha- yeah. gave me those sorts of vibes. The film? Okay. Yeah. It get, it get, guess what? It gets referenced in Drag Race quite a lot, uh, Heather's. I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the show, my friends. I, um, I hope you enjoyed this show, ladies and gentlemen. And this week, I want you to do me a favour. I want you to... Um, uh, stay in touch with us be, be, uh, be here next week um, consume your content and enjoy and until then goodbye take care if you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak the microphones bleed cause they're so cheap we're sorry to your ears 
if you don't like the intro or the bit in the middle of this outro or if you don't like the whole show question why were you here if you don't like the podcast if you think we both speak too fast too many tangents never stay on task pick up a book instead if you don't like what we recommend if your patience wears thin towards the end if you think you could do better with your friend please go ahead if you don't like this content or like me the word content then please go be more content and never listen to us again